Hi, and welcome to the Online Unification Pod, a podcast produced by Suma. I'm Alex, your host. In this episode, you will hear Doug and Martin, who recently attended some sessions during Inbound 2021. We're going to hear about their takeaways from the sessions, and hopefully you can use them to improve your way of working with Inbound. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. So Doug, it's time to roll the jingle. How are you guys? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? I'm good. And you, Doug? Yeah, I'm not bad as well, thank you. It's nice to have a guest on the pod. With uh, It's just been you and me for the past few weeks, Alex. So. Yeah. And the guest is Martin, and you've been uh, in this pod for two times before. That's correct. And today you're both here to talk a bit about uh, Inbound 2021, which you both uh, participated last week. Yes, indeed. It was the, um, I guess, second fully virtual Inbound experience. Uh, so we're still kind of living through the pandemic, so there were no people attending physically in, in HubSpot, other than HubSpotters themselves. So um, it was all, all a digital conference or event this time as well. And Martin, you participated uh, last year as well, right? I, I did, yes. Uh, and that was a bit more developed this year, I think, naturally. I mean, they built their own platform and so on, so it was a bit more structured. It was good last year as well. I mean, HubSpot, the inbound event, we've been uh, going, I guess, since... 2013 or something uh, and normally we we've flown a few guys over to boston to attend uh, and it's always been a very good event and, and very well organized and so on but it was it's been interesting to see now how you uh, or how they have been taking that event fully digital as it were with all the kind of uh, different um, you know abilities and, and and things you can do digitally that you can't necessarily do when you're there physically so one of one of the biggest thing for the physical event is you know, you physically have to move from place to place to see, you know, or attend a session, right? And that's always been like the schedule and running over there and, you know, standing in line and getting seated and so on. Obviously, that you don't have to do digitally. You, you know, look at things live or you can look at most uh, of the content on demand. Uh, you can get access and you can download the presentation and so on. So a lot of that, you know, helps obviously to be able to kind of fit it into your schedule. Yeah, I, I was in the virtual platform for the first time last year. I was not participating this year, but it was very easy to, to access the sessions and they were pre-recorded half an hour and then was discussion half an hour. Most of uh, most of them were, were that uh, structured. Were there any new improvements in the platform this year, Martin? Yeah, I think it was a little bit in terms of how you kind of put your own agenda together. It was actually a, a um, based on the topics you choose in the beginning, you could get a, a pre-organized agenda. So you could follow, follow that track based on what you said. I mean, if you were interested in more in sales than in marketing, for example, you can get a sales agenda and so on. And it helped you to suggest things like that. Uh, I ended up cherry picking a lot anyway, because I, my interest is kind of across uh, everything. But I, I heard from from another co- colleague of ours that he found it really helpful to get that like pre you know pre suggested agenda and he kind of followed that so I think that was a neat feature. Um, there's also kind of all this you know ways of networking and as you say the easiness of, of attending the session. 
there were some issues, I think, with the platform. Uh, there were some people complaining that it wasn't that stable when it comes to video and so on. Uh, I think they had a little bit of a challenge at least the first day, uh, but it seemed to be getting better over time. And uh, I love the fact that you can get easy access to the presentations as well, which is yeah. always a, a difficult thing in the past. Uh, they had to kind of wait for it and they, they delivered it maybe in a week or two weeks later and so on. Now you can get easy access to, to all of it straight away. And Doug, this was your first inbound uh experience right my second actually i've i went in um i think it was 2019 which was then uh, the last one that was in person so i was in boston then which was very nice a little trip to boston is uh nothing wrong with that but um then i didn't attend uh, last year that was the first digital one um and uh, yeah yeah now we're back this time but um I think it's a big benefit and something they maybe did this last year as well, but now for everyone who's registered, all of these recordings of all the sessions um, are going to be available to watch on demand for the next year, which is really good, you know, because obviously with the time difference, there's a lot of sessions that were beginning at, you know, midnight Swedish time. So I'm not dedicated enough to, to stay up late for them, unfortunately. But um, And, you know, maybe you don't have time the day after, but perhaps in a, in a few weeks or something, you, you look back at the agenda and you want to catch up. And you can do that, which is um, which is nice. And I mean, that's that you could even, that's even a benefit over having the physical event because when I was there in 2019, I, I think some of the sessions were recorded. Like they had a camera at the back of the room and, um, and they made them available afterwards, but, but not all of them. So then, you know, you really kind of have to be there and be taking notes and you have to like fly to the other side of the world, you know, to go, go to Boston yeah. to get all these tips, which maybe isn't um, so sustainable or feasible for everyone. Um, yeah, so no, I was impressed. So what sessions did you choose to attend, Doug? Overall, was there any specific topics that you looked for? Or... Yeah, like Martin said, I kind of followed the recommended one and there's a few I need to catch up on, but I've um, mostly been attending ones about uh, about video. I've got some good tips um, there about how a lot of you know these leading companies that do social video really well create them and how they think. I mean, we've certainly since I've started, we've tried to make more video things like the podcast, for example. But you know, we're we're not we're not producing you know tens of videos every day, and I doubt we'll get there. But um, just kind of interesting tips on how to you know kind of think about how users on Instagram, for example, have a different expectation to TikTok and how the constraints of those different platforms and uh, can you can use them to your advantage. And even things like, you know, the size of the video, like on Instagram, you have a little square video in the middle of the screen on like TikTok, you have the entire screen and you just scroll and that opens up more possibilities for, you know, how you use different visual elements and stuff like that. So I don't know if Zoom is going to get a TikTok account in the near future. Maybe maybe not, but uh, it's, it's good to know about anyway. That's good. And Martin, any session you would like to uh, I mean I mean I was more a bit more eclectic as I said at the beginning I, I kind of tend to dip in and, and watch a lot of different things everything from kind of uh, revenue operations to ABM to uh, sales to content to the spotlights obviously and so on I, I always find it's I mean, one of the big events is obviously the, the main HubSpot spotlight in terms of where historically Darmesh and, and Brian Halligan has done the big presentation and, and uh, they reveal some of the big uh, ticket items and new releases. Uh, and this year, because 
Brian Halligan has now stepped down as CEO and become chairman instead. He had a, a, a discussion at the end with the new uh, CEO. Uh, and Dermesh did the, the kind of future thinking part, which is always interesting. Um, I think, uh, as always, it's, it's interesting to hear those thoughts uh, and talking about how how we kind of getting into the next uh, uh, wave of, of digital now uh, and the importance of focusing on the full kind of customer journey and, and getting everything together and so on. I think there is some interesting announcements. Uh, HubSpot, one of the big things, obviously, is they are moving into HubSpot payments, which they, they announced. Uh, so they are, it's amazing to see how that will actually work and play out. But I think it's, if you think about that kind of tremendous increase in, let's call it digitalization that many B2B companies have entered into, I mean, the acceleration phase of that because of the pandemic now, obviously some of these other pieces that historically hasn't been uh, within the HubSpot scope, such as payments or more the e-commerce part of things, I think that's a, a good play of them to be able to kind of bring that uh, into their overall platform. Uh, they also kind of uh, talk more about the, the customer portal side of things. So it's one of the things that we assume as, as, as worked with several clients over the years is in terms of, I mean, you have your customers um, uh, that you want to reach a new prospect to become customer, but what happens once you become a customer? How do you handle those? Uh, and how can you create that kind of uh, uh, you know, community or, or you know, extranet or whatever you want to call it, that where a customer can actually go to you and, and find their information and their way of working together with, uh, with you as a company. So I think that's interesting as well. Then obviously the, the continuation of Operations Hub. So they're launching now 1st of November, I think. Um, they're launching their... Um, Operations Hub Enterprise. It's only been a professional hub until now. Uh, so, so that I mean, the Operations Hub is really meant to be the glow between all of the different platforms and and, and kind of uh, sort the data between uh, the HubSpot platform itself and other connecting platforms. So that's an important piece of the, the puzzle as you trying to get more of a full picture and, and connect to a wider system and keep your data as clean as possible. Because the, the problem with any kind of you know CRM or digital platform of any kind is is clogging up of data over time. So if you don't cleanse your data, you will eventually end up with a lot of wasteful data. So that part becomes quite important as well. Um, so so it's interesting to to hear them discuss that and also how they think about uh, about the future really. And, and were these things that you had anticipated before, or was it uh, uh, new like? I mean, some of them, obviously, we, we uh, like the operations hub is already there and it was just expected to be the, the enterprise uh, version of it. Um, also, payments uh, wasn't really talked about at all. It was uh, it was kind of just revealed. So it was interesting. I didn't think that they would go that way because they historically have done more kind of focusing on, you know, uh, Shopify integration or, or other payment platforms integrations. So now they're taking a step into that. So I think that was uh, surprising most. I know it was certainly surprising the financial analysts because they were they saw that as one of the biggest ticket items of, of the day, as it were. And, and I think the HubSpot uh, stock price increased like 20% after that announcement or something like that. So uh, it was received well, uh, let's put it like that. Yeah. And Doug, uh, you mentioned video, the video tips. Any other like content-related uh, sessions you attended? 
Yeah, I mean, in terms of the the stuff that will be relevant for me, there's there's always quite a few good announcements, and it's often like that with HubSpot. That um, if you use HubSpot for any amount of time, you eventually find things that HubSpot can't do, and you think like, oh, it, it would be nice if if they could do that. Um, and usually, you manage to solve it in some other way, or perhaps by using an integration. Um, but that's what I often think comes up at inbound is is these kind of smaller updates that they've solved that make your life as you know someone in my kind of role which a lot of other companies have you know a kind of all-purpose content person who's working a lot in HubSpot um it would make our lives a lot easier um so there's one uh, announcement that um came out and I'd have to see uh how it works in practice but they made a big thing about business units so now you can create different business units in HubSpot um, and basically kind of separate a bunch of different stuff in your portal according to the different business units. And when they give examples, they mostly talk about brands. So like a large company that has several brands. Um, but I can see a use certainly for a lot of the kind of companies that we work with that are large international companies that have like a European head office, but they have a subsidiary in France and one in Germany and one in the UK and so on. Um, and then they'll be able to use this, I, I think, to split up um, all these different types of assets, you know, like landing pages and emails and forms and stuff, um, and kind of fence them off from the different teams that are using the same portal, um, which is a much needed change because, you know, in the past, um, you've had to solve that by, you know, making sure that you name everything very well. So, you know, all of your forms are tagged as, you know, this belongs to France, this belongs to Germany. Um, whereas now it seems like you'll just be able to do that in a more logical way and, and your users will only be able to see the things that they need to see. So it's that kind of thing, you know, it's it's quite significant usability changes that have been in the pipeline for a long time and, and finally get, you know, slowly released year on year. So I think that's definitely a yeah. positive change for people who work a lot with content, you know, it'll, it'll just make the task of navigating and managing the portal a lot easier, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's often the case, I find with, with Inbound over the years, that you get kind of those, you know, some very dedicated kind of uh, sessions. I attended one which was about the, the new and improved custom report builder. And then you get some like tips and tricks and, oh, that's how they do that. You know, that's a kind of a thing that have eluded me for some time. And I find, okay, so you do it like that. Okay, so so those are very kind of, practical and and useful for me and you can get a few nuggets and a few tips and tricks that you don't necessarily get by you know watching the the videos or or taking the the certification or the courses or whatever it is uh, but you get all those hands-on and they have cases and stuff so i find that really helpful as well and uh, then there's always like i attended uh, which i always try to do uh, uh marcus sheridan's uh, presentation he's a very animated guy that's that's kind of become an icon within the, the HubSpot world or, or the inbound world, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and he talked a lot about, you know, creating trust and, and uh, trusted content. And the fact that most, most companies kind of miss that if you want to become trusted, you need to talk about the negatives. Um, so he showed a few examples where companies kind of say reasons why you shouldn't be using us or, you know, by doing that, you kind of create a level of trust, but you also create that kind of search traffic. If, if people are searching for reasons why not to do something, chances are they are considering doing it. So therefore, you can create that content. And then also the other things that we've been discussing many years that 
you need to be transparent, you need to show prices and you need to kind of not hide away those kind of basic things in terms of costs or rates and things like that, right? Um, so a lot of that is, is um, good to think about in terms of, I mean, the, the, if, you, if you like, the main difference of, of an online and digital world is that people can, can always find out the truth. If you go back to pre-the internet, the old kind of uh, madman uh, version of, of, of advertising, it was all about kind of creating the crisp, perfect image of your company. And that was the only story you were selling. That was what you were advertising. Whereas now you need to be more transparent and say, this is us, these, you know, here are pros and cons. And here's, uh, you know, uh, not so much only focusing on uh, why we are a good fit for you. Just as important to say, when are we not a good fit for you? Mm. When shouldn't you be working with us? Because that creates a completely new level of trustability. Uh, and that's something to build on. And in a, in a digital world, it becomes much more powerful and easy to succeed by just being transparent and, and open. Yeah, that, that's a very good takeaway. And um, Doug, did you attend any sessions where, yeah, like related to content or anything other that you want to share? Um, the content related ones mostly focused on, on video and podcasting, but um, I mean, one that trust element that martin mentioned is you know hubspot has spoken about that for a long time and always likes to reinforce it at these kind of events um and i think they did a kind of similar thing uh with talking about customers and they kind of started a bit with that when i was at the physical event two years ago when they introduced this flywheel you know like the new version of the funnel where the, the customers are in the middle um and that was a big part of the main kind of spotlight session with uh Dharmesh Shah that you know kind of reinforcing what they've spoken about for the past two years that you know it's not the case that you have your leads and then when they become customers they've done their job and you can kind of forget about them it's you know you need to continue nurturing these customers and that's what enables everything else to go around and I guess that's uh important for them now that they're focusing more and more on CRM and kind of making the CRM system the core of the whole platform um but that certainly has implications for, for content as well for the kinds of content you produce that you know you you have attractive content for for search purposes but you know customer focused content also has a very important place and i think you know still even after these two years that's that's not such a high priority for a lot of marketers um so yeah I, I suppose a lot of things about you know more video more personalization they introduced a load of new new personalization tools that you can use across everything um just kind of a general upgrade on everything um and then customer focused webinars i think will continue to be an important tool um and i mean which is kind of like what what inbound is really you know like the whole conference is just a load of content that at least partly is based on keeping all the all the HubSpot customers happy and you know on the same page as HubSpot. So I guess we just need to carry on following their example, really. Yeah, yeah, Martin. Uh, is there any like takeaways that you are eager to start and uh, experiment with next coming year from from the sessions? Or yeah, I mean, certainly there, there's things that are tactical and, and how you can do things in the platform and so on. But I think one of the, the other big sessions that I attended was, was more about virtual selling trends. It was kind of using some of the data coming from McKinsey and LinkedIn and others in terms of how things are progressing, that 
one of the things that, I mean, if we go back a few years, we're having discussion with customers, will people really be willing to buy something of substantial value digitally online? Don't they need to meet in person? Uh, it's not that many years ago, you know, we're still a big debate whether people would buy a car online without having seen it, for example. Now we know, obviously, that lots of uh, car manufacturers are selling lots of cars online without never being, uh, you know, meeting the person until they deliver the car. Um, and there was some statistic from, uh, I think it was from McKinsey saying that now people within B2B, the vast majority of people are, are happy to do remote buying or even self-service buying for like $50,000 or more. So that's the vast majority. And even at like a third are willing to, to buy for half a million or more. So uh, half a million dollars or more. Um, so we're getting to the point where people are just, I mean, I can just as well buy things remotely. Or do it self-service, specifically when it comes to kind of repeat orders and so on. People are now almost you know, preferring that instead. So you're getting, you know, you hear these kind of stats where the majority of sales interaction are now digital. And they had some numbers from, from McKinsey saying that's already about 70%. If you take into account repurchase orders and so on, um, Gartner has some prediction that by, by 2025, it will be 80% of all sales interactions. And other data, I think it was from LinkedIn, saying that that uh, almost half of all uh, B2B sales uh, reps have been selling for remotely for like $500,000 or more. So we're at the place now where you can really, you, the, the type of business that you really, really need the, the in-person uh, meeting for is one for specific customers possibly, or it's so complex that you really need to have those things. But but even then, a lot of the interactions that are leading up to that is happening digitally. So it's it's just for all companies to realize that, that if we not if we don't follow this trend, chances are that your total piece of the pie or your market share will shrink if if you kind of rely too heavily that we have this position in the physical world. Um, but the world is slowly, uh, but surely, and in some cases, quite rapidly moving to a digital and online uh, transaction-based economy, basically. So you need to really be able to, to be part of that. Otherwise, it's going to be difficult to you know, grow or even protect your market share, uh, almost regardless of industry. Great. And, and Doug, um, any takeaways that you want to start with right now? Yeah, I'm more interested in, in more just testing the more practical new products and features that they've rolled out. So we mentioned like the customer portal thing that they've, they've introduced a new tool for making customer portals, which we've kind of done by ourselves already. We've just used password protected pages to create a, a kind of customer portal. But now what's coming is a kind of ready built tool that's mostly for customers to be able to send in um, kind of service requests, um, create tickets. And then they can also go back into the so into the customer portal once they've submitted those tickets and, and look at the status of those tickets, which is an improvement on what it is now because even on our customer portal we have a service, we have a support form. Um but once you fill that in, you know, we get the ticket and there's no there's no kind of passive feedback to the to the person who actually sent it in. Whereas now those people will actually be able to go in and see all of their ongoing issues that are being worked on. So that would be good to try out. I mean Lots of other things, all of these small changes that, you know, will start popping up. It'll be good to see how they work and if they solve any problems that, that we haven't been able to figure out just with HubSpot before. 
Yeah, and on that note, we probably should mention that we also kind of now are rolling out a sandbox environment for enterprise customers, which is yeah. one of the kind of missing features historically from HubSpot. So you will be able to test certain things in, in a sandbox environment before you know, going live, as it were. So, so that will likely continue to evolve as well, that you have that ability to, as you say, test and try things. In a, mm. I think they've had a kind of it. testing environment for developers in HubSpot before, but this one is basically yeah. you just can make a copy of your portal and it just works yeah. like normal. The difference is it doesn't send any emails or anything like that. So <clears throat> yeah. you can go in and, and try stuff without worrying about screwing up all of your CRM data or something like that in, in the real portal, which is quite nice. Mm. Oh, that's great. Thank you both for participating today. Thank you very much. Thank it's you. A pleasure. See you soon. Well, thanks for listening to the Online Vacation Pod. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And if you did, don't forget to subscribe, either on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud. You can also use the RSS feed to listen through the podcast app of your choice. You can find it on zuma.se. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.